Hi, my name's Rose, and I'm so excited to bring you this episode of An Inside Job, a podcast about my journey in life and what I've learned to be valuable along the way. I'm the author of An Inside Job, a practical guide to finding your true self. I'm a life changer and a mentor, helping you see your way through to freedom. You know, when you're willing to change, when you decide that enough is enough, the teacher always appears. Whether it's loss, pain, trauma, look, I'm not promising this to be pretty, but I assure you, this is going to be worth it. Understanding yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and even being in harmony with yourself. Your life is an inside job. No one can do this for you but you. So are you ready? Hello and welcome to episode 8 of season 1 of An Inside Job with Rose. This is the last episode of this season with season 2 commencing on the 26th of April. In this episode, it's the Q&A episode. I answer questions about books, manifesting, anxiety, meditation and more. I hope you enjoy this one. Our first question is from Amelia from Queensland. Good evening, Rose. I am going to try and keep this short. Your childhood, family and the way you grew up, I have walked in your shoes. I too Italian. It's like you were telling my story. After many years of depression, anxiety, I am happy to say I am strong. I am grateful to be alive. My father now 87 and unwell. I'm not sad, not happy, not anything. Is that okay to be that way? He is still as he was when I was growing up. Narcissistic, selfish. Mum is still alive too. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Thank you, Amelia, for your question and being vulnerable. You are strong, very strong. What you're feeling is kind of like a numbness to all the feelings to do with your parents. You know, it's neither good or bad. It just is. You've placed yourself in a safe zone. I like to call it a safe zone where you feel nothing. I always say that nothing equals nothing. So if you feel nothing, then you don't need to do anything about it. It's kind of like a trauma response. I see this as self-preservation. And you're also listening to yourself and doing what feels right for you. Our old ways are telling us that we need to be looking after our elderly parents, no matter what happened to us. But sometimes we're still living with our pain and we're triggered by their behavior. Amelia, for me, this was hard too. Look, in my late 30s, I spent five years away from my parents intentionally. I even left the state for a year. I just couldn't be around them because my memories were too vivid at that time. I was really angry with them and I couldn't tell anyone. Only my then husband knew. Otherwise, I kept it all to myself. Because of our background, I attracted a lot of backlash from the family and they knew nothing of what was really going on for me. I didn't speak up because I was trying to protect myself from bringing things out into the open. I didn't know how they were going to react or what was going to happen and I didn't really feel safe to come out and say anything. 
So I only really forgave them once I grew within myself. I looked at them with different eyes. They grew up differently to us. And yes, they did also have choices just like we do. But I think they were more set in their in their ways. You know, they had old ways and they were always looking at making face, if that makes sense to you, with everybody else. And I don't know what you're like, Amelia, but I chose to be different to them. I like to call myself the black sheep of the family in a positive way. I always thought it wasn't a good thing to be called the black sheep, but the reality was and still is, I felt different. I knew I couldn't change my parents. I just had to accept them for who they are. My parents too are getting old and being an only child, I'm responsible for a lot of things for them. It doesn't take away what happened though, but I choose to be different. As the beautiful Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. And my parents have taught me some big lessons in my life. And the biggest one is to be the best example I can be to my children. So Amelia, do this the way that's best for you. There is no right or wrong, but there is what's best for your well-being. Triggers aren't easy. And if I can suggest something for you, it's that you work on healing yourself. Do whatever you need to do to address the past. You know, it rears its ugly head from time to time and times when you least expect it to. But if you let it out and deal with it, you can let it go once and for all and you can grow from the past and you can blossom. That's why I'm so glad you wrote that you're strong and I am glad you're here too. So you're not doing anything wrong. You're trying to deal with something that still is a deep-seated issue for you. So just know that healing yourself and looking after yourself is the most important. Sending you big, big love, Amelia, and thank you so much for your question, and I hope it helps you a little bit. The next question is from Eileen from North Country of New York. Hello, Eileen. Her question is, I would like to know if when we give you feedback, it helps validate for you as it does for us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes, Eileen. When I get feedback, it actually provides me with encouragement. It lets me know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm on the right track. Whenever I get messages about the podcast or anything that I do, it affirms to me that I'm talking about the right things and it's helpful. So yes, my answer is yes. And thank you so much for your question. And thank you for being such a loyal supporter of my work, my podcast and me. Big hugs from Australia to North Country, New York. The next question is from Rochelle from Gold Coast, Queensland. Hello, Rochelle. And she says, hi, Rose, what's your favorite meditation? I would love it if one of your podcasts was a meditation session, as I find your voice so relaxing and also the music that plays at the start and the end of your podcast. I love that music too. From the beginning and the end of the podcast, I remember 
listening to so many of them and that one there was my favorite. So let me address the first part, my favorite meditation. Now my favorite, favorite, and I actually have this um, bookmarked on my YouTube and it's called Connecting with Your Spirit Guides. It's a guided shamanic meditation by Dakota Walker and it's working with guides. Um, A friend actually suggested it during a class. Um, I was running my own class. We used to do meditations every week and one of the girls brought this one along. So when I listened to it, it was so powerful. And after a few years, I still listen to it and it still is one of my favorites. So look it up, Dakota Walker. Very, very good. I have listened to a few over the years, but this one here just got me. Um, And I'm glad you asked about meditations. I will have a series of them, Rochelle. Um, I've written a few of these over the years, including some inner child meditations as well. They're going to be available hopefully very, very soon. I'm in the process of doing all the recordings for them whilst I have my little break from podcasting. You may not know this, but this episode is the last episode from season one and I'll return for season two on the 26th of April and I'll have meditations all done before then. So look out for all my spammy announcements all over social media and I'll definitely be announcing all that. So thank you for saying that because they are coming. The next question is from Susie from Broome, Western Australia. Oh, it must be so nice up there. Now, Susie's question is, what is your favorite book? Mm, Now, Susie, I don't read a lot. But I have read all the Harry Potter books, thanks to my son that got me started. And then we read them together and I loved that. I did read all the Twilight series, so please don't judge me. But in 2002, I think it was, I was told to read the book The Journey Home by Lee Carroll. It's actually one of the cryon books. I don't know if you've heard of the cryon books, but this one was about the story of Michael Thomas. I kept getting told about this book. You have to read it, Rose. You have to read it. And I was like, oh, I don't really read books. Don't know if I'm going to really look for that book or even read it. The strangest thing was that I was in a bookshop one day with my children. My children, especially my son, very big book reader. Even now, he's almost 30. And I guess now having children, he doesn't read as much, but very, very big, avid reader. And whilst they were looking around, I was guided to this one shelf and I looked straight ahead and there was one book called The Journey Home by Lee Carroll. And I knew at that moment, it's here. It obviously wants to be read. I'm going to grab it. And I will tell you, Susie, I have actually read that book about four times now. It was a little bit of uh, one of those books that as I read about Michael Thomas, I could see myself in his place. And there was one specific chapter that I was sitting in a hairdressing salon waiting for my highlights to take. And as I got to this one passage about letting go of baggage, but how was was written, I cried in the salon and 
it was just one of those books. I loved it. So The Journey Home by Lee Carroll. And it was the crime book of the story of Michael Thomas. And just so you know, I even bought the children's version for my kids because they were young at that time. And my son really enjoyed that too. The next question we have is from Maureen from Darch. I am loving your podcast, Rose. My question is, anxiety is one of my big triggers. I recognize it, but tend to push it down. Tell myself to put on my big girl pants and just get on with it. Am I just hiding it for another day? Mm, Now, beautiful Maureen. Don't push it down, let it out. Every emotion needs to be felt and released. The more you push it down, the more fierce it becomes and it rears its ugly head more often than we'd like. I like to see anxiety like, as weird as this sounds, I like to see it like a dog, okay, that's wandering around weary of you. It ju- It's just as scared as you and... You are of it because you are not familiar and you try to stay away from each other, especially if you're both wary. If it tries to come up to you and you keep pushing it away and pushing it away, it will eventually come at you more and more aggressively. But if you take it in your arms and hold it and lay with this dog and you become friends with it, neither becomes anxious of the other. Sometimes you've got to lay with your anxiety. Let it be like a pillow. Don't fight against it and just let it be part of you. So let it in. You don't have to wear your big girl pants and you don't have to just get on with it. Just be with it. When we acknowledge that it's a part of us, our relationship with it changes I even do this with my fear. I let it in, listen to what it has to say, and then I rationalize and reply with what I know is real and with what is not. Let me give you a little example. I've been a little bit nervous and anxious about going to do a talk in front of a crowd. I've always been anxious about standing in front of people and talking, even from when I was a young girl. I used to stutter from my anxiety. So I let my fear in. I listened to all the reasons of what could go wrong when I do my talk. Once I hear all the reasons that can go wrong, I then respond with what I know that can go right. I remind myself that I've done talks before. And yes, sure, I've been nervous and I've been anxious, but I've taken a deep breath and I know that I love what I'm talking about. And I remind myself that I've done this before and it's been great. And the anxiety doesn't just abruptly go. It's kind of like, okay, so it's good then. You know, it just feels a little bit like that. And then it leaves. So listen to your anxiety, remind it of who you are. This is why you always need to know who you are, what you're made of. You know, it's kind of like once you add reasoning to it, it may still be there, but it won't be as strong. It's about trusting who you are. It will come back to visit like an old friend, 
but you are getting to know each other on a different level and it won't be as strong and powerful. And like I said, it'll be like seeing an old friend. Oh, there you are, my anxiety and you are back. All right, dealt with you before, I'll deal with you again. But you need to listen to why. Sit with it, lay with it, wear it like a blanket. And that way you become more in tune with your anxiety and not run away. Don't have to put the big girl pants, okay? So give it a go, Maureen. And thank you so much for your question. I'm so glad you're enjoying the podcast. The next question is from Sally from Instagram. Hi, Rose. I just listened to your latest podcast, absolutely loving them, by the way. And I wanted to ask you a question about manifestation. What if we manifest something and when we get it, we realize it wasn't meant for us? I always felt like when you manifest something, it will work out because it's in line with what you are meant to be doing and what's meant for you. Fantastic question, Sally. So we can manifest things that are not right for us too. You know, anything you think of, even your negative voice, you can attract those things. We attract what we put out. So this is where we add our perception to what we think we want. That's why I don't like to manifest things or people or specific situations. Because that way, I'm actually narrowing down what the possibilities could be. But if my mind is focusing on how I will feel, the energy of the universe responds to that and brings that in. Like the magnet, what you're putting out is what you're attracting back in. So I always like to use the feeling instead of the object or person or situation. Remember, we all have free will. So if we're specific and it comes, then it's our choice to take it. The universe only brings it to you but you then make the decision whether it's for you or not. So remember, when you put it out there, the universe responds. And as it's presented to you, then it's your choice. You know, the universe cannot meddle in the way of free will. Let me tell you, I have manifested a few things that I wish that I had known better. I'm so glad you're enjoying the podcast, Sally. And thank you so much for your question. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope you've all enjoyed today's Q&A podcast. You can keep the questions coming in and I will have a regular Q&A podcast special from time to time where I'll address your questions. I will be having a little break until the 26th of April and then I'll be returning with season two lots of amazing things ahead and in season two I'll be talking to you more in depth about my book An Inside Job. I might even sneak in a couple of special guests. I look forward to speaking with you guys then. Thank you so much for your support through season one. See you later. You can contact me at info at if you're enjoying these podcasts, please leave a review. I would love to hear what you think. 
My book, An Inside Job, A Practical Guide to Finding Your True Self, can be found on all online stores. You can find me on my website at rosemonaco.com. On social media, I'm on Instagram as Rose Monaco Believes. You can also find me on Facebook on Rose Monaco Believe the Best is Yet to Come. I look forward to connecting with you next time. <music>